Welcome to my podcast, Autism Connections. My name is Mary, and I have an 18-year-old son with autism. 16 years ago, I received a devastating diagnosis. It's through my connections I have made along the way that I have received so much love, support, and guidance. It's my hope that by sharing these amazing connections with you and their experiences, that you also may be helped and learn much. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Connections. I am so excited today because I have Susan on today. Hi, Susan. Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So I met Susan. We were chatting about this the other day. I think it was probably eight years ago, Susan, maybe seven years seven years, something like that. And how I met Susan is I was helping co-facilitate a meeting, an autism meeting, one of the many meetings, right? Like a meetup at Panera. And Susan showed up to that meeting. And after that meeting, she ended up shortly thereafter starting a Facebook group, which is something that I've been really enjoying um, being connected with. So thank you for doing that. We're going to talk with that, that about today and everything, of course, but let me start by giving a little bit of a brief intro for Susan. So Susan is a busy wife and mother of a teen girl and tween boy, both on the spectrum. She's a licensed esthetician and account manager for a clinical skincare line, three-time marathoner, OMG, an avid fiction reader, and she currently is in the sandwich phase phase of life, caring for both an aging parent and kids while working full time. So Susan, thank you for jumping on with me today. I really appreciate it. I think we have a lot to talk about. My pleasure. Let's start by talking about the group that you started on Facebook. I don't know about you, but I have been on many different Facebook groups and yours has a lot of longevity and a lot of really phenomenal participation from a lot of different people on different parts of their journey for autism. So tell me a little bit about how you decided to start the group. Sure. So it was after my second child, my son was diagnosed with autism. My daughter was already diagnosed and I knew that that diagnosis was coming for my son. It was not surprising, but it was still devastating. Um, And I knew I needed more help. So um, when I had my son, you know, when he was diagnosed, they gave me a sheet of paper with a couple of numbers for support groups. So I tried calling them and they said that support groups were not active. Um, you more than anybody knows how hard it is to commit to something on a regular basis. You were pulled in so many different directions, but I needed something. So I knew there was a couple of moms that I had met um, through my son's preschool and uh, my daughter's um, kindergarten class who had children on the spectrum. So I think there was like three or four of us that we pulled together. We started doing in-person meetings. It really quickly took off to where there was like, you know, seven, 10, 15 of us. But as with the other groups, it just became really hard to meet on a consistent basis um, with all the therapies and again, all the different directions that were pulled. So I just started an online group, um, started off with probably like 10 of us. And I just checked this morning and we're at 749 members. 
And what is the name of the group for anybody that may be interested? It's local in Illinois, but are you so, open to having people jump on from other places? Absolutely. So it started off as when it was in person, um, Lyle, where I live, Naperville, autism uh, parent, like support group. Um, but then people that were in it had moved and they're like, can I stay? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. And then people were reaching out and saying, I have a friend that lives in like Bloomington normal. Can she join? I'm like, of course, I'm never going to say no. Um, so, and I changed the word support group to community because it's not just about support. It's about, you know, sharing victories too. So support makes it seem kind of, I don't know, sometimes sad. And it's not always sad. Like I love when people go on there you know, and just be like, hey, this happened. My nonverbal son is 15 and he just said his first word or my, you know, my other child is eating vegetables at, you know, whatever age. So it's it's a community beyond just support. Yeah, we. I love the successes that people post for sure. It's always wonderful, wonderful to see for sure. So what is it called now? What is the group called? So I think it's- <laughs> Let's I figure it out. I could look. Yeah, Lyle Naperville Autism Parent Community. Okay, um, L-I-S-L-E, Lyle. Yes, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it's long. That's awesome. And there are like 700 people on it. And I absolutely appreciate you, the longevity of it. And I am so connected with so many parents that I have never met and so many different Facebook groups because we get busy, like you said, and we have best intentions for getting together and going for a coffee or whatever. And something inevitably always seems to come up, you know, right? Yes. So we can't always make those things, but online's always there. So I greatly appreciate that you've done that. That's been wonderful. And for anyone that's out there that's looking for additional support, one of the things I like about your group, a lot of different ages, newly yeah. diagnosed, Tommy's 18, people aging out. And like you and I had talked about, very respectful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah, I definitely wanted to touch on that too, because there's so many different opinions. You know, we talked about this, um, whether to do ABA, not to do ABA, whether to vaccinate, not to vaccinate, you know, go gluten-free, dairy-free, or not to do that. So it can get heated. You know, we have strong opinions and I, you know, in the however many years I've been running this group, I think only two or three times has there ever been drama, which is amazing. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I monitor it and it looks like it's something to get a little heated, but it, it doesn't. It's been so respectful and it's really amazing. Well, thank you for being an admin. I know you've got someone else too. I think a couple others that help you as well, yes. but I think it's wonderful. It's needed for sure. Cause it can feel really alone when you don't feel like you have the support or connections with other people. I also love how just community things that are going on locally are brought up. You know, yes. when Centennial would have their swimming for special needs over the summer and, you know, whatever, whatever. So that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. I really, really, really do appreciate that. Oh, it started off completely selfish. I needed the help. So. <laughs> selfish reasons for starting things is always good, but your perseverance is admirable. <laughs> I must start it, start something, have a great idea, do it a few times and, and then something else comes on. So you're really, yes. really good with that. So thank you for doing that. Really appreciate it. The other thing I want to talk to you about is juggling all that you do. And we try to juggle everything in our lives. Over the years, I've watched you launch a new career, 
right? Something mm-hmm. really exciting. Full-time now, right? Are you yes. full-time? Yes. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Hey, you have your two kids, which I definitely want to hear more about with your journey with them. And you're a three-time marathoner. Are you running again? Are you running one coming up? Um, no, I definitely had to take a break from that when I started my full-time job. That was such an adjustment. So trying to get back to it. Like, you know, I was on the treadmill at eight o'clock last night, <laughs> struggling through a 5k. <laughs> oh my God. Impressed. I mean, Susan was just like, okay, I got to get on the treadmill now. So I'll, I'll shut the face tomorrow. I'm like, damn, she's good. That's amazing. Yeah. You're a runner. Does that help you? I mean, I'm guessing. Yes. Everyone says they have their stress release is yeah. running your It is running. Endorphins okay. are much better than uh, a hangover <laughs> in my opinion. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, that's off. That's awesome. You're inspiring me. I don't think I did one marathon. That was it. Checked it off. But three is just, oh my God, good for you, girl. That's awesome. Do your kids run? Um, During the pandemic, when everything shut down, it was really awesome. My son and I would be outside every day, all day. He would be on his bike or a scooter. I'd be running to the point where like he was exhausting me. So I did sleep well. Um, And I had these like grand visions of running marathons with him someday. But then he, you know, became a tween and discovered video games. And yeah, <laughs> there goes that right. dream. <laughs> right. That, ha- that happens. So like we talked about earlier, we pivot, right? Yes. We can have all our ideas and best laid plans about things. And sometimes, you know, things change and we, we just need to be flexible and pivot. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing with being probably a parent in general, but definitely an autism parent is you pivot. You have to right. take a deep breath and be like, okay, this isn't working anymore and figure out where to go next. It's a struggle, but you know, you got your community for that too. And that's something like looking back when we first got Tommy's diagnosis, I think that would be like one thing I would want to communicate with people. The importance of knowing that pivoting is going to happen a lot on the path and it's okay. Sometimes I've pivoted and I'm not, you know, and sometimes I, I don't want to say I second guess it because I do second guess things a lot, but sometimes it's just okay to be like, okay, you know what? I thought I was going to do that, but I decided to do this, you yeah. know, yeah. And, it, and it's okay. You know, I having made a big move a year ago, I made a commitment to move from Illinois to Wisconsin. And now here I'm, Tommy's at his placement, the reason I moved here and doing some pivoting right now. Um, in a variety of different things. And it's it's totally okay. It's part of the path, right? And we need people that are going to support that. You know, some people might question our decisions, but those, you know what, you need the people that are just going to be like, okay, you know what, you know what you need to do. And I got your back, even if I don't understand. So absolutely, you know, the people that were naysayers and try to give advice when they didn't have kids on the spectrum or yeah. even kids at all, you know, if, if it I was totally harmless did. advice, that's fine, but the, the judgment, they had to go. Right. Keep the people in your tribe yep. that lift you up. That support you no matter what, yeah. that don't question your decision. Because you, in the end of the day, we do know best. And sometimes we might falter a little bit, but we're going to figure it out. And we just need them to you know, support us and not get in our way or make us doubt ourselves more than we do. Because we're constantly, as you said, doubting ourselves, but in our gut, we know what's right. Yeah, the gut, the gut always knows. That's the that's gut. for sure. <laughs> the gut always knows. Follow the gut. Sometimes it takes a couple pivoting. For me, I pivot a few times before I go back to. Oh, yeah. I knew I should have just done that, but whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's just our experience that we learn from everything. Part of the journey. It is a journey. 
yeah, it is definitely a journey. So as far as your suggestions, because we talked a little bit about if you were to go back and maybe have a conversation with anybody else, or even today, someone that just got diagnosed, what would be some of your suggestions for that you would give other parents? So when we started the autism group, it was me and another friend of mine. She's a pediatrician. She's amazing. Um, she actually specializes in children with complex care autism. So she and I actually created something more than what, you know, was given to us, which was a, a sheet of paper that was very outdated. It was okay. So your child's been diagnosed with autism. Now what? Um, the biggest thing that we really said is it's okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to mourn, you know, not to feel guilty about that because, you know, we don't know what to expect. And, you know, we, you know, when we're pregnant with our kids and we have this whole like imaginary life for them and, you know, it's okay to feel sad, but then you've got to take action, take a few days, process your feelings, work with your feelings, but then know too that kid that was just diagnosed is the same exact kid that they were yesterday. So focus on the now. Don't even try to guess what's going to happen. You know, that's the hardest thing is stop, to li stop living in the future. Focus on the now. Focus on today. What do they need? Do they need occupational therapy? Do they need speech? Do you need to contact early intervention? This is where you reach out to those people that are you know a few years ahead of you on the journey hey what should i be doing right now make sure that you have a pediatrician that's on your team um you know get that support in, in place but find out what you need for that kid and don't wait you know get those supports early intervention and i can't stress this enough is key you got to do it it's hard and it's a balance this is where you find your village and you get that help but don't hesitate you know get on it for that support you know support and getting that your kid what they need for sure. And ask for help. Ask right? for help. Don't be afraid. Find your village. You're going to know who your village is when you need them. <laughs> the people, you know, that are your village are going to step up and those other people fall to the side, but that's okay. We, you know, you stick and with sometimes, that are there for you. Right. And sometimes you have people in your life that are there and then they do go off for a little bit and they may come back in and you reconnect. Right. But it's absolutely. Yeah, abs absolutely. So what when we were talking a little bit about your experience, what was your experience with Rachel's diagnosis? Do you want to talk a little bit about knowing the signs? We talked a little bit yeah. about the importance. Yeah, so it was really interesting because I didn't understand autism. You know, there's a stereotype of what autism looks like. And Rachel was such an engaged little baby. She, you know, this big blue eyes and always smiling and this amazing eye contact. And she started talking at nine months and you could just see the intelligence there. And I remember her nurse was like, well, she sounds like she just said hi. And I'm like, she did say hi. Is that weird? So, but it's not uncommon as we know for, you know, kids on the spectrum to be very advanced in one area and then lag in other areas. Her lagging area, I noticed when we would do like mom meetup groups, she wasn't, playing, you know, like the rest of the peers were, she wasn't playing functionally with toys. She was, you know, lining them up. Um, and she was very delayed with her walking, but her pediatrician who also had a kid on the spectrum didn't seem to be concerned. So I didn't know beyond just, you know, maybe she's a little bit delayed, but again, the gut, the gut was telling me something was different. Um, so when she was in the two-year-old preschool, there was a flyer saying, you know, if your child is, you know, not hitting these milestones, 
you know, you could get them evaluated. So feeling sick to my stomach, I did it anyway. And through her preschool, and they don't do it anymore, but they gave her the autism, educational autism diagnosis. They got her right into the, um, she was three at the time, they got her right into that preschool. Um, but yes, it was trusting my gut and, you know, getting uncomfortable. You know, it would have been easier for me just to pretend it wasn't there and, you know, it's fine. She's going to catch up, but it really in the long run would have been very detrimental to her growth. So follow your gut, get that diagnosis. Um, And if you're wrong, it's fine too, but at least, you know, you will never feel guilty for not pursuing that avenue. Yeah. When I, I remember, I like what you said about like feeling, being uncomfortable, like do whatever you need to do to get the information you need. For me, a lot of it was asking my family members. Okay, so Tommy is 18 now. He's nonverbal. He um, he when he was little didn't have the words. That was the marker for me. I mean, he was in my mind pretty neurotypical. Not neurotypical, but pretty. What's the word I want to use? He hit the milestones. He was walking. He was, he looked like he didn't have any, you know, whatever. All the things in my mind, right? Yeah, right. Because everyone but, says they don't look like they have autism. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right, right. And so I'm sitting in front of the doctor, but then the uh, humming started. Like he would start humming and he would start like stimming and stuff. That started like around 15 months, but nothing was in my mind before until I asked some of my family members. I said, so to my sister, did you, do you think that he had, did you think he did? And she said she did, you know, prior to, and looked, you know, thought that there was something going on with him. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't connect with it at the time, but I'm glad I asked because it's important to hear all sides, not just the doctor who in Tommy's case did. Do you remember the M chat? It was called the M chat. It was anyway, it was a diagnosis tool in his file they didn't flag him for autism. And I look back to that time and I'm thinking that's really odd because clearly, clearly, you know, he had a lot, he checked a lot of those boxes and everything. But for me, as I've shared in the past, when they said, how many words does he have at 18 months? And I had this blank stare on my face, like, how many words does he, how many is he supposed to have? You know, those types of things. So yeah, I'm getting, a diagnosis really important because as we all know, a lot of services um, are based on that diagnosis yes. also. So it really can work in your favor. So don't worry about the label. Like you said, they're yeah. still the same individual they were with or without it, but it definitely can help out. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And I was the opposite where the people around me were telling me that everything was fine. So <laughs> well, that's I had a lot saying, yeah. trust your gut. Mama knows best. Mm-hmm. It would have been easy for me to listen to those people. It would have been easier for me to listen to my pediatrician and to, you know, the people around me saying everything was fine. But I just knew, like, in your heart of heart, you know. So if you have that even little inkling of doubt, have it looked into. Because, again, this is your child. The sooner you can get that help, that intervention, the more beneficial it's going to be. And, again, you need that diagnosis to get them. If you can get that before they get into the school system, you are so far ahead of that curve because I have so many friends now who, whose kids are in grade school or junior high that are now trying to get help. And it's so hard. So if you can get you know that diagnosis following them into, again, preschool or kindergarten, you're, you're way ahead of the game. 
totally agree with you. How did your diagnosis with Rachel impact your son was is how many years younger than Rachel? So Two Adam or? is 12 and so Rachel's 15. Um, okay. I was learning about sensory processing disorder, which is often not everybody with sensory processing disorder has autism, but most people with autism have sensory processing disorder, um, which my daughter did. So I was at a seminar um, by the fabulous Natalie Lowy. I just want to shout her out. She's communication clubhouse. Fabulous. Changed my life. Um, but I was at that seminar um, where she was talking about, you know, the red flags, the warning signs. And I was thinking, oh, my God, this is Adam. All these red flags are Adam. So, again, with that knowledge that I had, and I knew there was something going on, but I was already struggling with Rachel and just accepting this new diagnosis. But because of that, I was able to then contact early intervention for him. I missed the boat with early intervention. Uh, for Rachel, it was she was three when she got diagnosed, so she was ready in the school system. But with Adam, had them come out in November. I'm sorry, in before before he turned one. But as soon as he turned one years old, we had those you know three um, therapies a week in place. Because all right, so let's go back to talking about tips for juggling, juggling, mm -hmm. doing our best to juggle it all. Susan, how do you find that you are able to have a full-time career, manage your kids. You talked about uh, your, you know, helping with an aging parent, that type of thing. What are some ways and strategies that you've been able to do that? Whew. So about a month and a half ago, I would have had a better answer for you. Um, the last month and a half have been really, really hard. Um, it's really about making sure I'm taking care of myself. And when I can't asking for help, I'm not, you know, women, we're not good at asking for help. There's that whole women can do it all. And I want to punch whoever said that, whoever started that uh, <laughs> misconception because it's exhausting and it's stressful. And, um, you know, it comes down to prioritizing and setting boundaries. You know, like when I started my full-time job that took over and I wasn't setting those boundaries and I was working really long hours and, you know, the kids were falling to the wayside. But then, you know, it's sometimes you just like, OK, I can't ignore this anymore. So then it's creating those boundaries. OK, I'm going to stop working at five o'clock every day. Um, it's asking for help. I've been traveling a lot for work and I really had to rely on my village because my husband travels all the time, too. So there's one time that we were traveling and my best friend was watching my kids and my other friend was like picking them up and then, you know, taking them to um, their appointments and the pool. And it's really, again, I talk about that village, really learning who that village is. Those people are going to step up. And those are the people not only like, oh, let me know if you need something. They will say, hey, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to pick up Rachel and I'm going to get her, you know, to her appointment. So, um, it's, yeah, it, you can't do it alone. You find those people and, you know, those are the people that you help out too. You know, it's like, I don't do things hoping someday that they'll repay the favor, but it just, it's karma, right? Like what you put out there, you get back when you need it. And that's, it, it, I've been very fortunate in my life that I've had those people that have been able to help out, whether they're neighbors or again, friends or family or, um, yeah, you can't do it alone. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Cannot do it alone. 
100% agree with you on that one for sure. So what are some of uh, the challenges that you face these days as far as anything at all? Like, is there anything going on that's going on with the kids or with? Yeah. Um, when things change, you know, like we talked about, like you always have to pivot. Like it seems like everything's in place. And then something happens. You're like, oh, God, okay, I need to pay attention to this. Okay, so I have to let something else go to go focus on this. So right now it's, you know, getting my son more support than he started off with this year. So it's trying to figure out, okay, you know, on Mondays we have this. On Tuesdays we have this. Wednesdays this. You know, my husband travels, so I can't rely on him to be helpful. So I need to find that, you know, free hour or two to then, you know, shove what I else I need in that. And, you know, it, it's just, it's hard. It's constantly readjusting, reevaluating. Okay. What can I let go? You know, unfortunately, sometimes it's book club, it's exercise, but then as soon as I can figuring out how to work that back in, I now started getting up at like five 30 in the morning, which is awful. I hate it. But <laughs> if I need to get exercise, which I do, that's what I have to do. So again, making those pivots, but I can go to bed earlier. You know, my kids are old enough where I don't have to put them down anymore. So now I'm getting in bed at like nine o'clock when I get Good for you. So pivot, yeah, it, pivoting. Pivot it. Yeah. The the theme of this today is called pivoting, right? Yes. Juggling yeah, and pivoting. Sure. <laughs> exactly. So one of the other things I know we talked about is diet. Mm-hmm. For our kids, like you and I had the side conversation about, you know, incorporating that in and everything what have you found that's helped you the most like what's your biggest challenge as far as if you don't mind talking about it no i don't mind at all this is a work in progress i mean my son is um there was a speech therapist that was a client of mine um and she called it the yellow diet and i'm like oh my gosh you are right it's you know apples it's goldfish crackers chicken nuggets french fries you know like anything that's yellow that's pretty much all he'll eat carrots even i mean orange yellow but then it affects his bowel movements um it affects probably every aspect of his life right his energy and his mood so that was one of the things that i let go because I was so busy, I couldn't focus on it until you have to, until it's staring you in the face. I'm like, okay, you know, my husband one day is like, we need to clean this up. I'm like, you're right. So switching from his hot dog, which is one of his two sources of protein, to finding a turkey dog that he doesn't realize is not a hot dog and finding the fruits that he will eat, you know, like the high fiber ones and mixing it in with those ones that he will eat and just really, you know, trying to find the solution you know, we we're able to incorporate oatmeal back in, you know, is it perfect? No, because he likes the sugary oatmeals, but maybe slowly mixing in more of the plain oatmeal with that. So it's just constantly, you know, and then I reached out to the community too, you know, hey, how do you guys sneak in vegetables and fruit and, you know, just constantly what? asking other people again for help and ideas and What's the secret? Working progress. (laughs) What's the secret? What did you hear is the best way? Because Tommy's so picky. Yeah, I don't have it. It's just experimenting, begging, coercing, negotiating. (laughs) Right. The things that go on in there. 
you know, like I, he will eat popcorn. So popcorn's better than goldfish crackers. So buying more, pop, you know, the popcorn, the the skinny pop or the healthier version. So replacing those less healthy snacks with a little bit better and just really bumping up the fruit because he will eat fruit. So making sure he's getting fruit at every meal now. So it's it's doing what you can where you can. Exactly. Doing what you can where you can. I like that for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, apples and carrots. I'm kind of impressed because Tommy <laughs> will drink. He won't eat carrots. He's so sensitive to different like textures, like a lot of the kids are. Yeah. But like the negotiation phase, hey, take two bites of the green beans and then you can have that, you know. And sometimes he says, absolutely not. And Okay, so what will you try? Okay, maybe you'll try this. Like I got him to, you know, he used to love yogurt. I got him to take a lick and he said it was the worst thing, you know, he's ever tasted in his life. I'm like, okay, no yogurt. So <laughs> what exactly. we just said, got the oatmeal back. So that's it's good just, though. Oh, oatmeal's good. Never give up. <laughs> never give up and pick your battles. What do you think <laughs> about that one? Yes, pick your battles. I say that probably on a daily basis. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we all know that, you know, especially because I eat really well and I, you know, I try to get him to try some of the things I do, but he's a condiment king, which is like the whole craving for the sugar and the vinegar. And animal, no, no condiments. Everyone's like, oh, we don't hide healthy stuff in sauce. I'm like, nope, he won't do sauce. That's not a bad thing, my friend. Because <laughs> Tommy is just like, well, we'll oh, he, he just takes too much of it for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So how is everybody doing today? How's how's teen and tween life? Well, uh, uh, you know, it's it's thankfully it seems like when one's doing, you know, one's struggling, one is doing well. Of course, you know, there's times where I'm just like, I remember I had a sweatshirt on. It was a hoodie and like it was coming at me from all ends work, you know, both kids like my mom, you know, all this stuff. And I literally like cinched my hoodie closed where like you couldn't even see my face. I'm like, I can't right now. <laughs> I literally I like closed myself off, but thankfully that's far and few between, you know, my daughter's doing well right now. And I'm really kind of focusing more on my son without neglecting her, you know, keeping an eye on what's going on over there, but really, you know, putting my energy into my son and then hopefully that's going to balance out. And then I can do that check-in with my daughter and um, thankfully work, which rarely happens, has a little bit of a slower thing going on. So big focus right now is you know what's going on with my son making those adjustments and then keeping an eye on everything else <laughs> good for you hun the last thing i wanted to talk about because i love the story you shared about your reach out for your son regarding the peer support yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah so we're i'm really lucky in the fact that i'm in a great community you know the kids are you know, they, in my son's grade have, you know, demonstrated to be really kind. It is a challenge because autism, you know, it they want friends, but they don't know how to be a friend or how to make friends and put themselves out there. And there's, you know, kids that my son admires, but he doesn't know how to be, you know, friends with them. So this year he really finds himself he found himself alone at recess. You know, he didn't have anyone to hang out with him and he was sitting by himself at lunch. And, you know, probably in his mind, more isolated than he actually was, but it's how he was feeling. So we have a Facebook, back to Facebook, you know, with all the bad that comes with social media, there is some good. Um, I put on the parent 
Facebook group for his junior high. Like, hey, you know, my son is really feeling like he doesn't have any friends. Um, if you have a seventh grade child, can you just have them say hi to him in the hallway? Maybe ask him to sit with them for lunch. And I can't tell you how many people reached out. I mean, whether it's a text, a call, a response. And um, it was amazing. It was such an amazing reach out. The next day, my son came home with a smile and he tried to be grumpy. But, there, you know, <laughs> he was probably overwhelmed by people saying hi and asking him for lunch. And uh, I mean, I wrote back on the Facebook group, like, thank you. I'm overwhelmed with, you know gratitude of how kind everyone was when everyone was and I was you know I'm like it's not easy for me to ask for help and that big response was well you make it look easy asking for help and we could all take you know a note from your playbook you know we all need each other we all need the support so mamas let's keep reaching out and that's you know, awesome I, hope I inspired other people to ask for help and I'm probably gonna have to you know keep it up because you know I mean we like us kids have a ton going on and you know fight focus is hard to stay in one area so i might just be like hey a little reminder just you know ask your kid to check in with adam or whatever but you know i, I was able to get some play dates for him out of this and so the ball is rolling um but That's again you know, this is we got to reach out for help and don't be afraid because people are good they want to help and again social media can be accessible but can also be really a good happy healthy place it's what you make yes. out of it Absolutely. So Susan, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate your time and your experience that you shared. I again want to give a shout out to your group for anyone interested in is on Facebook. It's Lyle L-I-S-L-E Naperville Autism Parent Community. Thank Check you. it out. I didn't remember the name. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. It's got those adorable, cute little hands with all the different colors on the fingers. So I love it. You did you did a great job putting that together. So thank you everybody for listening today to Autism Connections. Until next time, see you soon. Thank you, Mary. Thanks, hon.